Oh, hi, I'm Tamara. Um, I'm actually, I'm from Jamaica, but I currently live in the UK. Um, I, I am, I've been a missionary for the last eight and a half years. Basically, I got my degree in the UK. Um, I have a degree in media and communication studies. And in 2010, I got married. In 2013, I moved to Guyana um, to the jungle with my husband. We wanted to do a year in mission. But after that year, we just absolutely fell in love with mission and helping young people and stuff. And it just carried on from there. In 2016, we um, took our daughter, Layla. 2017, the adoption went through and we moved to Romania to continue our mission there. And um, this year, 2021, we um, moved to the UK where I am moving mostly and focusing on being a speaker and an author for the woman of strength and courage just to help to make marriage and motherhood our full-time ministry. So that's kind of my focus right now. But yes, I am a I am a mom, I am a married woman, and I am in full-time ministry. Okay, okay. What inspired um to get into ministering and doing missionary work work um come from for you? Um, while living in the UK, um before I graduated, I left university in two thousand and seven and um I think maybe in 2006 our youth director he was well interested in mission and he would talk to us all about mission and giving just a year and what it does to your life and stuff and I thought okay um I think I'll do that as well um so when I was supposed to graduate in 2007 I signed up to go to um to go one year in in mission and I did all my stuff I was like okay Lord I think this cool I can give you maybe five years I think it'll be fun touring South America as a missionary and then I would go be um I'll go be the journalist that I I trained for after that and it just kind of didn't work out I felt like God did not want me and I felt kind of just useless to him like how could he not want me and stuff but he just had a different plan but it came in just with me wanting in 2007 to say, thank you, Lord, you've really helped me through university, paid all my fees and stuff, and I'm quite grateful. So that's where it came from initially. But then five years later, quite funny, I wanted to give five years to God and then the rest would be mine. Five years later, the opportunity came again for us to, for me to go in mission, this time with my husband. And it worked out. And now we are a full-time missionary. So God gave me five years and um, took the rest of it when I wanted to give him five years. And um, <laughs> the rest was supposed to be mine. Well, yes. Uh, can you tell us what it was like for you? Your experience in the jungle. So that's interesting. Ah, oh, my experience in the jungle. Of course, I don't know. I, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't quite think because yeah, it's only South America. You kind of know that they have jaguars and snakes and crops and stuff. But I'm happy I did not do like YouTube, um, to try and see 
um, what the gender looks like or what indigenous people look like or anything. I'm happy I didn't um, look at stuff like that because it would have tainted um, my, my image of everything. But when I got there, you know, pretty cool people. It's like the, it was a seven hour boat ride um, throughout the night to get to the village. And you get there, feel really isolated and um you get there and it's not like you see in the movies they the, the people they were clothes and they're just as normal as everybody else but while being there you realize how how alone you are and how alone they are because some of the things that happened there and stuff and when we'd go out to the main and we'll share some of the things and people are like, oh, it's okay. They're indigenous. It's just their culture. And I'm like, it's not their culture. These people have been left in the jungle to face all sorts. And it's seen as their culture. The things that happen, it's, it's not a culture. It's just not okay. You know, they needed police. They needed help and stuff like that. Um, but I never saw any jaguars. You hear of the mar um, the footprints, other jungle areas, they've experienced it. But we got the snakes and the, um, I never really saw a, a huge crocodile, but we'll see the baby crocs, you know, and some of the students will take them on the campus and you get to play with the baby crocodile before you let them go again and it was just this really amazing experience of falling in love with people that look so different you know to who you are you stand in church and you feel like um a giant because they're pretty short people and um and stuff like that the 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 creatures are very different as well you know I saw a grasshopper and growing up in Jamaica you see these things okay yeah they're normal but then you get to the jungle and they're like three four times bigger and in Jamaica you had you have fleas and in the UK yeah they're fleas off dogs and stuff but um in the jungle those fleas get inside your foot or inside your flesh and they become something else with a different name and it's painful and you can't walk and you have to get a needle and to take them out and you know so it's like all the creatures are just different to how they are everywhere else and to the people they think very differently as well really really differently um so you kind of had to adjust to that um but you know like the more you accept who they are and just become like them as much as possible the easier it was for them to trust you and listen to you and stuff so it was quite an experience and it's one that we did for many years and would easily go back and do at any time if we're called. What, is, uh, what would you say is the most impactful thing that you learned um, while, you know, maybe in the jungle or just doing missionary work in general that you've applied to your life? You know, so I know hmm. missionary work is about teaching other people, but what's something that you've learned from other people and that's been impactful for your past? Huh. What? Oh, wow. That's a pretty big question. Um, <clears throat> I know I've learned a lot to be there. I have learned to, to see people for who they are and never judge a person um, because 
you don't know the story of um of a person you don't know why a, a person does the things that um that they do and stuff so i've seriously learned to accept everybody for who they are just love them for who they are and see what i need to do to adjust to help that person um because in working with young people um just in many countries we we've we've not we were not just in guyana but we went to quite a few countries and you get to understand um that everybody has a story and um it's the until you understand that person's story you have no you have no right in commenting on their lives and the things that they do that's one thing i've really learned yeah yeah that's a, a lesson that that well over the course of my life so very impactful all right so um this is your work and and cousin a little bit let's talk about um what life has been like for you as a mom in that space <laughs> um it's like okay we have our daughter adopted um but we we kind of were mom dad to a lot of people I'm currently like a grandma at the age that I am because you know our students are already marrying and having kids and stuff but I know that for sure a lot of the things we did prior to having our daughter we have like oh we need to go to Brazil because there's this mission that needs us oh yeah and you get up and it's just one big fun and you get in the bus and it's a two-day drive or going to our it's a seven-day bus ride and flight and all that kind of stuff. Becoming a mom changes everything. So being in Romania, that was where I was a mom. And you find that you're in the long meetings and you can't fully focus on what's going on in the meeting all the time because it's like, a, um, where's my child? Um, what's she doing and stuff? So then you're not just free anymore because yes I've, I had a husband but he's an adult so he knows I'm in a meeting or he's in a meeting and you kind of just sort yourself out but when you're a parent it gets different and you need to find somebody to look after the child you need to ensure that the child knows that oh it's not because I've abandoned you because you know I was the principal so you'd be in meetings for hours sometimes and stuff so what I try to do is when I'm in the office, once I'm not in a meeting or anything, she knows that she can come at any time just to come see how mama is doing. I'll, I'll stop whatever I'm doing because I know she's not staying long anyway because she likes to stay with her friends. So I give her that two, three minutes that she's looking for, give her a hug, hear the story of what caused this and why she got scratched or something and, and then let her go. So being a mom... Go ahead. Yeah. So being a mom, it was a totally different thing because you were just not as free as you wanted to be. Um, you, ha I had to start scheduling things a lot differently. Yeah, yeah. That balancing, you know, so much. Um, so how do you go about a balancing those things out? Work, your marriage, and your mom, your mom. I'm a scheduler. 
I schedule everything, <laughs> you know, so everything's written down and um, we know that, okay, at this time, um, we're going to do this and that and stuff. And um, my daughter has um, what learning disability. So it's like she needs that one in one. Um, so it is where there's a, we had a teacher that would come in and she, she was taught um, her and the other younger kids on the campus. So I know that from this time to this time, she's in school. Okay, from this time to this time, she's playing. Um, but then I ensure that the moment work is over, then it, it's, it's our time, it's family time. And um, I'll, you know, I get up and I'm on the carpet with her, I'm playing dolly with her, I'm, you know, whatever it is, I really had to schedule to let her know that this is our time. If mama's at work, mama's at work. But when I'm not, I'm yours. And I had to really get that into her, especially with my child being adopted, um, where she then had, we had to build a bond, even though I was in her village the entire time since she was a kid. But now I'm not just the teacher from up the hill, I am now her mom. And I had to ensure that I find the time to do that bonding and that building for her to know who I am to her and that she is um, even more important than whatever else I'm doing out there. So scheduling big time is the, is the best thing to do. Right, I think that's great advice. And I think you brought up a great point about, you know, the change of dynamics of your relationship. Um, so what ways, um, because that's, you know, a lot of changes going on for you guys, what ways are you able to stay uh, motivated, you know, both professionally and in your personal life? Staying motivated. There are days, honestly, oh, honestly, when I just stay inside. And sometimes you cry because it's like, Lord, you know, can I really do this? It is a lot. Um, but being motivated in the mission is it really takes time. Sometimes just you're in a school and you have 60 students and you think of that one who really needs you, you know, and you have to just realize that the work is not yours. You know, you, you can't just get up and quit because you feel like there are people, there are kids who are depending on you. For me, we were in schools. So I had to think of, it's like um, when we're in Guyana, we had a really tough situation and it was like, a, do we leave now? And we had to remember that we're not for ourselves. My husband and I are both professionals. We could go back to quote-unquote normal life and be okay. But we had to remember that what we were doing was not for us. We were doing this for these, these kids. If we quit now, what happens to them? Go back to our first world country, but what happens to them? And that's what kept us motivated, knowing that we're not doing this for us. So they can have an opportunity and um, so that's professionally. Personally, um, just the little things, like going for a walk as a family and just, you know, playing and, and having fun and knowing 
you know we love each other and we're we're a family so um let's do things to stay together and we my husband for the last eight and a half years we're doing mission together so we're used to working together and being together and being best friends and stuff and we've just brought our daughter into that and we just kind of do everything together and it, it keeps us going a day at a time we sit down and we have our talks as to okay so what now what next what are we doing next week tomorrow and stuff and it's just doing it together and it makes all the difference so you know you're not alone anyway um, I guess the next question I wanted to ask is the um you spoke about uh, your mission being bigger than bigger than your So what advice yeah. would you give to someone who is feeling like they have a calling to do something? Maybe it's mission work. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something different. Um. But how they just, you know, the pressure that you get from something being bigger than yourself, how would you give advice to handle and to deal with that and to kind of just persevere anyway? Hmm. Okay. In in everything we do, we do need to, um, personally, I know that my, in Guyana, when I felt overwhelmed, I would go off to the creek by myself, even though the monkeys are there watching me, um, but I'm by myself at the creek and I just spend time alone and I'll talk with God. Lord, I feel really overwhelmed. Lord, this is a bit much. And like after our first year or something with family saying, oh, it's time to come home. Can't, you know, is there nobody else who can do this but you? And you do get pressures from all sides. And um um, but when it gets overwhelming, just find something that's yours. Because in everything that you do, you can't you can't really lose yourself. So for me, I love writing. So I'll if I'm not at the creek, I I go write something or I go read something. I go do something that still is for me to um to keep me okay. And I know after doing that, at what point it used to be oh just go watch a silly movie or something when I used to be so addicted at one point God had to help me with that I would leave after a really stressful day and I'll get my laptop and I'll have maybe three or four movies that I know are wholesome and I go sit down and I watch them and I feel replenished and then I'll go back you know so it's like find something that replenishes you and then you go back out there and you just give your all all the time. That's great advice. Thank you so much. No problem. So we'd like to do this pop-up question. The question is, what is a word that begins with the letter B that you feel resonates with you? And what does that word mean to you? Oh, with the letter B. B oh, yes. wow. <laughs> yes. Um beautiful that just popped in my head um <clears throat> why because that's something I have had to um really drill into a lot of the girls who I've worked with over the last eight and a half years letting these girls from eastern Europe these girls from the jungle who've experienced things that you can't even imagine to let them know that they're beautiful 
in spite of everything, you're beautiful, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I have, I, I remember doing like um, a devotion with the girls, really trying to help them to understand how beautiful they are and get them to see themselves in the mirror. And it was, it was such a powerful and touching thing because some of the girls, like you would see these girls drop dead gorgeous, but they just don't know it because of pain or, you know, just things that have happened to them. So for me, the word beautiful is what comes and it's what I'm trying to get all women to see how beautiful they are in spite of what or who they see in the mirror, in spite of what they've been told, in spite of who they've come from or where they've come from, that they're absolutely beautiful. That is beautiful. I love the explanation of that and your commitment to encouraging young women to feel good about themselves, right? Because that's another situation where we are, we are have pressures from all sides and we may not see ourselves as other people see us. So I think that's amazing that you touched on that. Well, I wanted to know how um, the audience are getting in contact with you. Uh, what are your social media handles? Do you have a website? actually my website is missionaryforlife.org missionary for life so missionary and then f-o-r-l-i-f-e dot o-r-g um instagram it's marriage ministry motherhood yeah marriage ministry motherhood and um facebook it, they'll find me on the Tamara Tammy Lawrence. Okay. And did you have any shout outs you wanted to do Tamara? <laughs> Definitely to my husband, um, who's been a trooper. Um, honestly, he's he's truly been um, he's been a huge support. I I love kids. I love you know if. if if, if I was allowed, because, you know, adoption's really hard. If it was not that difficult, our house would be full of kids. And, you know, he is, yes, fine, we'll do this. And he throws himself in and he becomes the dad that's needed, you know, because his wife loves children and he is an amazing father. Um, so, yeah, definitely to my husband, Richard, and to Layla, our daughter, who has grown immensely and put up with us learning to be parents to her. Um, so yeah, definitely to my daughter and to my husband and um, to all my my students in Guyana and in um, Romania and stuff and to the rest of the, the Missionary for Life team who are right now all over the world doing different things. You know, Em, Mia, Duane and Ravi. Okay, thank you so much. This is so much such a beautiful exchange and we really appreciate having you here. No, no problem. Thank you so much. I I do love to share um what the Lord's um put inside my heart and the fire that He gives me to keep doing this, you know, and to know that I am an MFL. I'm definitely a missionary for life, regardless of where I am. That's beautiful. Well, we wish you the best. Thank you. 
it's very beautiful work that you're doing. Please let us know any way that we could, you know, perhaps collaborate with you guys. Um, we know that the work you're doing is necessary and needed. So I just wanted to say that, you know, I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great day. Yes, you too. Thank you. God bless.